Cult Scenes K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight, Alexis Odoyan, and Tamar Herman. And on this episode, we're discussing K-Pop releases from June of 2019. But before we get into our song picks, um, Tamar, I wanted to ask you about something else that happened in June in New York City. Uh, I think it was called K-Factor and orchestral performance of K-pop songs. There are some real heavy hitters involved in putting that thing together. Uh, yeah, it was quite the experience. Uh, SM Entertainment was involved. Jakob Dorf was involved. There are a few really interesting um, like collaborators that were involved in it. It was a cool event. I, I definitely, I mean, I, I like felt really guilty because <laughs> when you're at something like Lincoln Center, like you're not really supposed to film it because, you know, the lights are off and it's, it's very formal setting, but I really couldn't resist filming. So I like had my phone like clutched to my chest and I, as I like surreptitiously like filmed the, some of the performances and just kind of was just like, oh, please nobody see my glowing screen as I record this because there wasn't any like announce, there wasn't any rules that you couldn't film. But it just felt like it wasn't yeah. the vibe. I wasn't sure if people maybe behind me, because I was um, in like maybe the tenth row or something, like in you know like the first few rows are so serious. Uh, so I couldn't tell if other people were. But I was really I showed I shared some of the clips. I shared I think I got a boy, Red Velvet. There was a final medley with Red Velvet. Uh, so Teji, there was there was a bunch of really interesting songs that I showed, and then there were some that I didn't show. The whole premise of the the concept, which was uh, I think spearheaded by Jakob. Uh, who, if you don't know, Jakob Dorov is a really talented uh, musicologist and writer, and he does a lot about K-pop. And he kind of put it the structure together linearly, so everything, it, like things, kind of started out with like an ancient, like ancient, like uh, some versions of Arirang, which is like a Korean folk song, and then it went through some songs from the 20s and I think the 40s that that showed how K-pop's, you know, the, the experimentalism, the genre blending. Like, it's not brand new. It was kind of, you could really hear it with the orchestral arrangements that these songs sound very similar to the songs that we're kind of used to. Uh, I think the one that I always bring up, you know, as the the kind of like uh, epitome of what this K-pop genre blending is, I got a boy because, you know, they like switch, switch everything up in like three seconds, um, yeah, if not yeah. faster than every few seconds. And so in the performances, you could really kind of see like you traced through like um, Nanario, which is considered pretty much like the first modern K-pop song and like kept moving forward through the path. Like there were the regular ones that you would assume, like uh, I think EXO's Mama was a great choice. BTS's Idol was a good choice. I think they were all good choices, but he like Yago also threw like random ones that I didn't really think of, like one by Gaian from Brown Eyed Girls and one by, I think it was Wiki Mickey. And it was just like, oh, where did I think it was Wiki Mickey's? Was it the one? Was it their debut song? No, the one about my boy, my boyfriend. Yeah, that's their debut song. I think. Is it? I know that Jakob likes no, that. I don't one. like yeah. your girl. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, like I don't like your girlfriend. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was it was that, and like it was really interesting. He wrote a little booklet that I haven't yet actually like sat down to read because he wrote a lot, and I really want to like spend time on it. So sorry, Jakob, if you're listening to this, I probably have list. I probably have read it since we recorded this so yeah so i think it was a really successful event i think that there were definitely moments where it was just like 
uh, like the Wiki Mickey song. I think as a song, it actually sounds much more experimental than it did come through through the orchestral arrangement, which was kind of interesting yeah. to hear. I think the arrangements were really well done. There were definitely some points where you could kind of tell that maybe the orchestra itself hadn't really practiced altogether that often because this was, a, you know, a one-off thing. They're not going to really uh, like spend. You like, can only devote it, so much time yeah. to, to it. So I think it was really well done. I think that you know if they do it again, I think it would be even better and. I think there'd be some other songs that I kind of would like to see. I was kind of surprised uh, by a few of his choices. Like he did um, uh, Tinkerbell. Oh, yeah. And I, I kind of thought maybe some other gone songs or some other brown eyed girl songs would have been my personal choice, but I know he's a, he's a big fan of her. So, but Tinkerbell was a good choice. It was just like, I didn't think it necessarily like his theme of showing the experimentalism necessarily came through. Don't worry. I already told you I could roll this. Um, <laughs> so yeah. uh, I think it was a really interesting perusal of what it means to be k-pop because that's what this whole the whole thing was what's the factor that makes k-pop k-pop and you know so many times people are asking what makes k-pop k-pop and i don't think the experimentalism is the only thing that makes k-pop k-pop because i think there's a lot of factors and not every single k-pop song is super experimental but i think that that uh, musical heritage was something really important to draw attention to and i think that it was a really well done event well i really wish i could have i could have been there for that and it kills me that you know the that Sonically, what we have are the uh, just clips from people's camera phones, which I do appreciate you taking those tomorrow. Um, but the the written stuff that would be interesting to take a look at. It sounds like a great a great project. Um, once I read it, if you want, I can send it to you. But you're going to have to send it back to me because I want it. I can't make any promises. Then I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's bring it up to June of 2019 and talk about what's been happening. I'm kind of upset that we don't have like a song of the summer oh yeah or or i don't i don't feel i mean i know red velvet came out with that song but i don't feel like that was it yeah last year i declared red velvet's uh power up song of the summer i don't think i don't think their most recent one qualifies it's really interesting but yeah i agree we don't have sister around Um, i thought I i thought g friends fever might i know a lot of the response was oh it's a little bit you know we've seen this before but i thought oh yeah we've seen like this tropical sound before because it works and i thought maybe they could be the one or i don't know i thought that was a pretty good attempt boogie up could be a good one but i don't think it's uh catching on yeah yeah i i know we're going to talk about it later but i was kind of surprised that chunga's song was a, a little more dramatic than I thought a song for the summer, like aiming to be a song of summer might be. I was kind of surprised she didn't, you know, go for that. Well, that's a really good segue, Tamar, into <laughs> my first song, Chunga's Snapping. And I mean, not to make the most obvious pun and be all Tamar about it, but Ooh, like wow. Chunga truly snapped with this one. <laughs> like, I really like it. I think that started with the music video i think that it's like visually her best um and coming off of um what was the other song (laughs) gotta go gotta go go was also like very beautifully shot but i think that this one topped it yeah i feel like she already did the obvious summer songs last year with um Mm -hmm. everything she did like roller coaster and all of those so i really like that she going like a more dramatic and more like a performance based thing and i just like as far as soloist goes i feel like chunga is like very clearly 
the only like pop princess you know like in the concept that we know that for I think that she's like doing her damn thing and when I watch the first season of produce like I like she was always my favorite and I didn't really appreciate her when IOI was happening like I like for me it was always like oh yeah like that girl is like like she's she's like that girl in that in the group but I never really thought that she could be a soloist and when she started I was kind of like like I don't know but now I think that she's like she's doing her thing and The choreography was amazing. The song was catchy. Like, I mean, it's not like the most stunning song out there. But I think that when you put everything together, like, it's just amazing. And I'm looking forward to seeing it at KCON LA later this summer. Yeah, it's definitely a catchy, a catchy song. I saw somebody compared it to compared her to Boa, or the song sounded like Boa, which I didn't really get. Um, but listening to it today, especially the start, like her vocals in the verses have a little bit of that kind. I mean, that strained almost sound that Boa has sometimes. Uh, so I don't think you can compare her to Boa, but she's in that lane you know i guess of k-pop yeah she definitely has like a presence you know because there's a lot like even especially here like the western world whatever with our pop stars like the girls i don't i don't feel like that pop star presence you know and i think that changa does have it and even in k-pop like they're like soloists right now are huge and Like, I th I think she has, like, that, you know, that X factor. It's kind of making me think of Sunmi. Like, I don't think this is necessarily a Sunmi song, but I think that those, both she and Chung are two people who are doing a really good job of putting out music videos that are both captivating and match the tone of the song and enhance the song, which I think for, that is a, such an important part of K-pop, and I think a lot of the time lately I haven't been feeling that, it like, the music video is necessarily enhancing the song, but I think that she's, uh, Chunga is definitely... Especially in her this music video and Gotta Go, as you said, I think like her earlier stuff, I kind of was like, okay, the music video is cute, but I think she's really with this like more dramatic, more elegant, more like fierce like music video style that she's going for. I think it works so well with the song, and I really got like a sense of pleasure listening to the song while watching the music video and seeing Chunga do her thing while she's singing and about doing her thing and i just thought it was really i thought it's a really good catchy song like i think it could be a song of summer but it doesn't sound like a song of summer so it's just kind of uh, yeah. a little like what do you do it's just a good song that happened to come out in the summer mm -hmm. right right so my first song is kind of a song that i didn't really think i would ever like it's silly's goblin the reason i'm saying i didn't expect to like it is because we haven't really heard from silly in a really long time and, and when she was an FX yeah I thought she didn't even want to same and and because because when she was you know FX is known for having really great songs and I never really she never really stood out to me as a great singer and FX and I don't think necessarily this song shows her as a great singer like I don't think it's like any 
like amazing octaves or anything but i think that this song kind of shows her as an artist in a way that i never really thought of her but you know in my mind she's kind of like yeah she's an actress and she kind of has like a quirky personality and the song really kind of drew on that and i did i say it to you steven or maybe i said it to joe but the song if you guys haven't listened to goblin yet it, it like dropped like on the last Saturday of June and I feel like it was really under the radar and I'm still kind of confused why they released it on Saturday because that's just really atypical for SM but whatever it was she released this uh, debut single album fronted by the song Goblin and has two other tracks that are also pretty good but Goblin it's it's like the closest song that I can think of in K-pop is is like Steuben's um, like Circle's Dream, and it doesn't even really sound like that, but it kind of has kind of that like glossy, airy, a little bit haunting and quirky melody to it that like feels very silly. Like if, if I listen to this, I guess the melody, and then I saw her Instagram, like I feel like, oh, this makes sense. It, it felt really something very off kilter and still captivating. Like it was kind of a song I got stuck in my head and I was just like, oh, it's like very sweet and also a little bit odd and I don't really know how I'm feeling right now and the music video I'm not really sure what I think about the music video the music video was very interesting it was like this whole concept where she has multiple personalities and they're represented by different races of women and then she's like because the song's goblin and there's kind of like if you if you watched the drama goblin it might make more sense like I did but I also recognized some of the goblin imagery from like East Asian art and stuff but it was just like very what is happening here? Not sure what, like, I, I, I read, I read the bias list a lot. And um, I think, I think he called it, uh, Nick, I think was the one who wrote it. And he called it the cool indie girl accent on the song. And like the music video very much matches. Like if I have a music video to do whatever I want, what am I going to do? And she has like five different variants of silly. And one is really kind of indie. And one of them is very like, elegant and, and a fierce and a goblin i think the like the best way to describe it is like something that i was not expecting to to, to like even ever to come out but also like to listen to i just think it's a really interesting listening experience and kind of you know not that it's i think i think the song isn't necessarily a perfect song but if it is the kind of sort of song that maybe does kind of show what k-pop could be if it explored some different genres because it is kind of not a dance track like we're used to and I, i'm just like very intrigued by it like i think honestly like this song could maybe be done by like the group like lovelies or oh my girl and and it's just kind of interesting to me that it came from silly <laughs> Yeah, I had kind of low expectations for the song because like you, Tamara, I don't really think of Sully as a singer and I didn't think she was that interested in it. But also, it didn't really occur to me that she was still with SM. I mean, I hadn't heard that she'd gone everywhere, anywhere else, but I hadn't really have any idea that she was going to put out music. So, I mean, that's maybe part of the explanation for the quality of the song and then, you know, of course, Sully would do something interesting and a little weird. To me, the music, it, it goes 
some parts of it sound kind of creepy or quirky and some parts of it sound like something that you could use in an apple commercial <laughs> it's true like <laughs> you know, kind of a little folksy sounded very like western minimalist you know female indie vocalist sort of sound but i, I like it for me it was like everything was interesting except the song itself <laughs> like I went into the because the first time I watched it like I didn't even watch the entire thing I was just like what the fuck Sally just like this is another <laughs> like you know one of her things that she does but I wa I watched it again for this and um, I mean it was kind of obvious that it dealt with like mental health and stuff like that so I just went into the comments and Like people just went in on the on the music video and they were saying that um okay for the record I think it was a really pretty music video. I felt like it was like a K-pop interpretation of like a Sofia Coppola universe. It was really like it was really mm. pretty to me. Yeah. And oh, so I went into the comments and people were saying that the goblins were her. Like, because it's three goblins that she says in the beginning. So the first one is like the weak one or something like the weak, scared one. The second was like the one that's confident and like bosses people around. And then the third one is like the like the aggressive one that wants to kill the first one because they're because she's weak. And that's why, like, they have that shot that she, like she kills her or something oh. or like with the blood. Something like that. I don't know what the dancers were there for. Just like for accessories. I thought the I dancers were because at the beginning of the music she's talking about like her different personalities. So I thought the dancers were her different person. This makes more sense now. Yeah. The the kudos to the people in the comments who <laughs> pointed it out. Because then also I didn't look up the lyrics, but she wrote them, and they yeah like they talked about the, like I don't know her mental health I guess. So I think that. Like, it is confusing, like, where she stands with SM. I feel like they just gave her, like, a bunch of money and were like, just do your thing. And she's like, well, I'm an actress. I'm a serious actress. So this is what I'm going to do. But the song, like, I wouldn't listen to it. But, like, I mean, if that's your thing, like, it's really well done. I'm like, good for Soli, I guess. I kind of still resent her for FX. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is valid. Not, like, resenting her for effects but maybe a little well, okay not resent but just like <laughs> really okay. right I mean I think she killed the momentum like by leaving and it's very unclear what happened like it I mean and I don't think we'll ever really know what happened but it's kind of sad what did happen that we could see unresolved k-pop mysteries uh someone give us a youtube video amber I know right Ugh. maybe when her contract is up or something oh legend <laughs> thank you steven for making us look like really bad elves for picking uh -oh. the yes on oh song. yeah i couldn't believe it so i i delayed and delayed picking uh my second song because i figured one of you would want to do yes pink magic yes from uh super junior of course i'm not going to say it's a super interesting song but i really loved I really love this song. It's really a uh, upbeat and pleasant kind of song. He's a great singer, of course. And I'm noticing recently there's a number of singers who are just 
really phenomenal singers that have put out songs. A couple of them, I'm thinking of like uh, Yeren Beck of uh, 15 And and Taeon both did like city pop songs recently. And like this song, they're all really talented singers, but they're singing well below their max, right? They're kind of like seven out of 10 where they can, they could hit 10 at any time. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's nice that, you know, that restraint can, can really work. It's, it's just so easy, feels so easy, you know, what they're doing. But this song has a, it's very familiar. There's nothing weird about it. It's funny. I, I, I was trying to think what to compare it to. It's got that kind of cheap 80s production to it. And I thought, <laughs> you know, this sounds... Things. Throwback. Yeah. Throw, I'm sorry, not cheap 80s. I was going to say, like, yeah. I mean, it is like SM with <laughs> SJ label, so it probably was cheap production, but but also just felt, yeah. you know, that like Yesung would want to do, and I think maybe he's been kind of pegged into this, like, ballad place. And like, Stephen, like, you're just like, oh, you guys didn't pick it, ha ha ha. But you just said yourself, it's like, I didn't say that. That's what he said. Um, that's like nothing super, like like you said, it's like not anything brand new. So I kind of just wanted to focus on other songs. But it, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. like, it's a nice song. And I think that it, it shows kind of a new side to himself. And I think that's a really great point about the, the like singing in the, like a lesser way. Right. I mean, he could he could have pushed it a lot harder, but it, it's just great the way he... But I he doesn't have to. Yeah. Like he's known for his voice. It's been a minute since any, um, like, other than within the Super Junior songs, like, they stick to just ballad so it was like refreshing to see him do something outside outside of that box that he's been put on especially because it's like a running joke within like the suju members that he always sounds sad and that he always sounds like he's like you know like moping so to see him in like a bubblier, brighter side and I mean that's what he does with Super Junior Mm -hmm. anyway like with magic or stuff like that like that's what it, it reminded me of so i was really happy and yeah like it didn't have to be that deep like it was just cute it was fun and you know june was a really slow month or it really years. so it it did it did stand out this this month every time i like think of the song i end up singing like magic so yeah me too <laughs> like i just i just insert pink too yeah magic, like <laughs> yeah sorry yes well i was trying to think what it what it reminded me of and uh the best i could come up with was like the production sounded totally hall and oats to me but so i took it <laughs> to my wife who is the expert on hall and oats and i, I played it for her. i said does this sound like hall and oats and she she said that is hall and oats like oh, she wow. was convinced that was it was a sample from a Hall Note song. I don't, I'm sure it's not, but uh, totally the production. Oh, plus in the music video, mm-hmm. there was like a cute cameo of like Donghae and Kyuhyun. And Tamar and I <laughs> joked that they were the t- only two members who would like show up um, for him. My only complaint about the music video is the idea is that he's seeing the world mm-hmm. through rose colored glasses because he's in love, right? And he goes to uh, an eye doctor 
and he they have right. these numbers in all different colors and he can only see the pink ones but if you're looking at the world through rose-colored glasses you can't yeah, see the pink seriously. ones you can see you other can shades see everything of, else you can see, see you can, you I can mean, see other shades of pink through rose-colored be. glasses. Other shades. Yeah. You can just see like something a little bit darker. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Alexis, what else? What else do you have for us this month? Well, apparently, I have an unpopular song among. I like it. Among the panelists today. I was just surprised that you picked this. It wasn't unpopular. It's just like, I don't think of you as someone who picks their songs to listen to when we're like in the car. Well, that's why I'm picking it. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's Monster X's um, Who Do You Love? Like, I'm personally, I've never really connected with that group. I went to their, I covered their show last year. and I mean, I had seen them at KCON and stuff before. And they're like awesome performers. But I had never seen like a full show. And then I did last year and I was like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, like I get it. But their music, like I wouldn't necessarily want to have my headphones on and just be like, like, like that's not my thing. But any, so when Who Do You Love comes out, uh, I like, honestly, sorry, this is in shade, but my expectations were on the floor when I saw that it had the... French Montana feature, which is like um, he's not um, I don't know, he, I know he's Egyptian, but he's probably like. Anyway, the, I was um, hoping you could help me out on French who French Montana was, but I guess not. He's he's definitely ethnically Egyptian. Yeah, but I don't know if he was like you know born in the U.S. or he right, you know was born and raised in Morocco and immigrated to the U.S. when his family was thirteen. Oh, Morocco, according to um, Wikipedia's finest, which is sourced with. Uh, a fader article and a stupid dope.com interview okay okay then just leave that he's a rapper because apparently i had it wrong he's born in casablanca oh okay so he's an american rapper and i mean we all know how these collaborations go so i wasn't really expecting much and then it opens up with like juhan singing and I remembered when I was when I went to their concert and he did that um, Versace on the floor stage and he just like belted it out and I was just like why doesn't he sing more? But also I don't check for his music like that so everyone can correct me if he does. But anyway, I had I hadn't heard it enough, so I really liked it and I think it's like it's the Monster X that I like, which is like smooth and sexy. Like I don't care for like everything like uh, yeah like that's just my preference my personal preference that I like my monster like smooth and sexy and then the chorus like it's just it's just simple like when something is done really simply but but well done it's like I love it so I really like it the first time I the first time I listened to it I didn't even notice that like the what the French Montana verse was I had to re-listen and only because at the end of his verse, he says, French Montana, that's how I knew that was him. Like, I just assumed that was I am. Because, oh, like, that's The song thing. is in English, so that's one thing that makes yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, with K-pop songs in English, like, I mean, I mean I'm not saying that I expect K-pop idols to pronounce or speak the most perfect English or anything. But sometimes in songs, like, you can't make out a lot of it. And... 
I was very impressed by Monster X's performance on this song. I feel like yeah. it shows that they've been working hard because they have been, you know, promoting a lot over here too. And like they're doing like iHeartRadio festivals and stuff. So, and they've, you know, like you can see in their interviews that like, I think it's like the one group that you can see the members, like you can see their progress in like, you know, their English. If like that's a good thing or not, I don't know, but. But yeah, anyway, I could totally picture this song played on the radio. Like I like that could just be a group like an American group, you know, or like an English speaking group. I'm just trying to say Who do you love? Is it him or me? Cause I can't take the pressure anymore. Who do you love? This is probably one of the more recently, I think we've seen a, like a, a bunch of really successful collabs that aren't necessarily like they're kind of like the in between between like the songs that are full out collabs like BTS's um, song with Halsey and something like, I don't know, like I'm thinking of like an old collab, um, Akon on Wonder Girls or like JYJ with Kanye. <laughs> yeah so i feel like it's like one of a bunch of really successfully well done collaborations that's a song that i feel like suits the band itself and you know it is something different from the band but not like something that i feel is totally out of their wheelhouse and the collaboration even if they'd never met or really collaborated actually like it still works pretty well i was disappointed that you didn't hear i am at all so i'm kind of wondering are we going to get a korean version of this where i am as the rapper and that's and like they kind of just took out his part and put in french montana i don't think french like i understand why they did it but I don't think he was necessary. The song is really good mm-hmm. by itself. Plus, the music video is so weird because his scenes don't go with the like the rest oh. of it. Like it's it's like if the like they shot like if they had shot the music video in like like a like a fancy hotel and then they went to like you know the kitchen or something like one of the hallways in the back of the hotel to and like turned off the lights and shot French Montana's scenes. Like it was weird, but you know, that, that happened, that happens too. So I don't, I really don't understand the music video. I like tweeted out like, Oh, I don't really know what's happening, but it looks nice. And they retweeted it. And I like, I want to, I like, I've asked them who is the one who retweets me. And I think it must be their manager. At the, um, and, and like, I don't know why they retweeted that. Like the tweet is keeps on blowing up and people keep on being like, it's more than nice. It's amazing. And I'm like, okay, but I don't really understand it because I'm pretty sure there was a plot and then they were just like, here's French Montana and I don't know what's happening. So I guess it looks nice, but I don't know how to interpret this. That's what I'm saying. But it, I, yeah, it was it was a good collab. I think it worked pretty, pretty well. So, I mean, I, I do think that there are other collabs that are pretty good. And um, the song title is kind of so similar that it's, it's a little funny. But um, I think that NCT Dream and Harvey's Don't Need Your Love, which was also released last month, was another collaboration that I thought was pretty successful and unlike who do you love like it's like I don't know it's kind of there was like a bunch of songs this month that like kind of like were like all about like who do you love don't need your love and there was one more and it was like this whole conversation that these songs were having and I thought it was really funny but um 
I think it's also English language. Yeah, too. and I think there's there is Korean in this one, but I think oh, that yeah. this okay. one. I mean, I think it's just the Harvey guy who does who sings in English. Yeah. Okay. Unlike how Who Do You Love, you know, we just said it's kind of like a good song for Monster X and a nice collab with French Montana, but not necessarily a song that needed to be made by Monster X and French Montana. I think that Don't Need Your Love was a song that felt very honest to NCT Dream and like Harvey, who I, I honestly don't really know who Harvey is. I think he's a YouTuber turned singer. Could someone who is younger than me please send me some information that's not his Wikipedia page? Because that is what his Wikipedia says. So I'm like going with that. But I thought that it was like a very um like nice, like very uh you know kind of a little bit generic like i keep on seeing people compare it to like a justin bieber song and they're not wrong uh but i think it was a well done song that you know incorporated like a very you know catchy tropical beat and it really like portrayed nct dreams vocals really well and harvey didn't seem out of like out of nowhere like it seemed like he fit in really well as a singer with the members and the music video was really kind of cute and a lot of fun and i think it just unlike the other one that we just talked about that was kind of like great song collab was just okay this one i think the collab enhanced a great song because like it worked really well with who was singing and how they act together and how they had been interacting on social media and stuff and it's kind of like a little sad to me that first of all that it's not getting more attention but also that like this is the first thing we've heard from nct dream in a while and it's like it's a song i really enjoyed listening to and i at first i was just like oh it's just okay it sounds kind of generic and then each listen i just like found myself singing it afterwards because it's really easy to remember and the melody is so catchy and their voices just sound good and i like i have the part in shoot i don't have the lyrics up but i have like one of renjun's line that like run through runs through my head a lot which i think is the, a really good sign of a song that for like a one-off single that it seems like they've invested a lot of time in because they have kept kept on posting pictures with Harvey you know they filmed the whole music video with him like he was there I, I thought it was really it's probably expensive yeah but I'm just like surprised okay so then why did you do that as a like a, I think it was a station single like what was what was going on that yeah it was a station single like why why drop this now like i'm wondering were they working on an album and thought maybe hitchon wouldn't be featured on it and then they were like oh now he's gonna come back and we're like i don't know what it is but or maybe maybe that they still wanted to do the comeback this is like kind of harsh but maybe they thought that they spent so much money on it that they still needed to drop it but they now don't want it to be the single because the the visuals are kind of reminiscent of Boy With Love. Like they also dance in the very bright pink outfits. And that's also a collab with a Western star. But I, I, I did do some research because I was just like, that seems pretty blatant for anybody. Uh, and it seems like the music video was at least filmed before BTS dropped there. So SM probably didn't know what that video looked like. It just seems to be coincidence that they're like in all these pink suits with all these neon lights that are <laughs> all these neon signs that are kind of similar. And I think it's just an unfortunate coincidence. So I was wondering if maybe they had invested so much in this collab. They were like, we have to put this out sometime, but now we can't use this as a single. But I don't really know. Like, I, I kind of was wondering if that was why NCT Dream hadn't put out anything this year. If this was supposed to be like the fronting of an EP. And then they were just like, uh, uh, this visual does not look good. Let's do it as like, but we can't scrap the whole music video because we spent so much money on it. I don't know, but I, I think it sounds really nice. I like it. Good job, guys. I like that theory. It's the only thing I can come up with. It's like, why NC NCT Dream is 
probably the most public friendly NCT unit. And fine, like I know as I'm spending a lot of time and effort on NCT 127 and Wavy and stuff, but I think that um, SM is big enough that they can kind of, you know, manage to produce multiple albums from different NCT units this year. And it didn't really make sense to me that they waited until June to drop an NCT dream song without Hitch on when they could have done something. If they were just going to be like, yeah, we don't need Hitch on for this one. Okay, then drop it earlier in the year when you gain, can gain some traction in Korea rather than kind of doing it as this one-off digital single that's a, a intense collab. But it could it could also be, like, this could just be me theorizing. It could just be like, you know, SM Station needed a song and they were like, well, we have this one. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Jakob seems to be friendly with SM people. I'm going to ask me. Well, I I also like the song. Um, I thought the the pairing was cute. Um, I also don't know who Harvey is, and and I thought that his voice. It's like really sweet. So it went well with like Renjun's and Chenla's. Wait, no. How do they pronounce? It's like Chenla. Chenla. How do, anyway. Yeah. With his. <laughs> I just say the E like in Spanish. And I, know I just think of I'm like Chen from EXO. Anyway. And I know that's not it either. Chenla. Well, his vocals. And I, th- I actually thought it was really funny that the dance scenes. Because it was very obvious that, that the Harvey kid probably couldn't dance for shit so it was cut really awkwardly I I thought that was funny like I'm not shading Harvey I'm just saying it was funny oh and like props to him for actually flying to Korea to shoot with them because I like that doesn't happen a lot in like these Mm -hmm. collabs all right well I've got another boy band song I don't think it's really like the other ones we've discussed Stray Kids side effects and this, it makes me think of what we started off talking about, the K-Factor project. And, you know, this seems like a song that could only be a K-pop song. It's such a crazy genre mashup. For sure. Yeah. The first time I listened to it, I was just like, whoa, wait. I mean, I had to just immediately listen to it again because what happened? Were there any, was there a chorus? Were there <laughs> verses? Like what? Even though I did, I mean, I I don't always like the those weird mashups the first time I, I listened to it, but I really did like this the first time um i went to genius and you know the lyrics site and to to see what they thought about what the different parts of the song were because you know they usually split it up into verse and chorus and post-chorus and all that and it was just a mess i mean it had (laughs) refrains and post-choruses and i'm i'm certain that what they had was not right i think part of it is that the the verses are so also different that you know, you don't feel like you're repeating the part that repeats, which I think is the chorus, is the part with the that newsreel voiceover that's listing the side effects, and that's by far that's really my favorite part of the song. It's it's so you know cinematic in the sense that it evokes emotions. You know, there's this tension and oppression, and you know this build to it. You know, when the first time I listened, I would have said there wasn't much singing, but there are these sort of melodic singing portions of the song that break the tension and they just sound so much better because they're in contrast to the you know the, the other parts of the song where they're screaming and high tension and 
weird voiceover and everything. Chaos. Yeah, exactly. end up liking the song I think more than I expected to upon the first few listens yeah and I think it's more interesting than I thought it was on the first few listens like I thought it was just kind of mess at first and then I was listening to it more I was like oh there's like some interesting trancey stuff going on here and and then like Felix is really gruff like my head hurts like the molly apita like weirdness that he does he like croaks it at one point he's like molly and it's like so addicting and i don't really know why but I, i'm kind of i'm usually not a fan of that like hyper masculine super deep robot voice but i think it's good in this song i think it works I'm, I'm not really quite sure if it's what's gonna get stray kids on people's radar in korea like i'm pretty sure it's not gonna be this but yeah. it's it's just interesting to kind of see where they're going what they're doing because they write most of their songs and it's interesting to see like what they think they should be doing because you know there's a huge difference between something like this and something like what jb has been creating for got seven and obviously that's a lot of like what the group's concept is but it's just interesting that like these stray kids like these young kids think that this is what they should be going for and like this might be what is their sound and i, I want to see what their next single sounds like well, you know, I don't pay a lot of attention to Stray Kids, but my understanding is that this is a lot different from their last yeah. uh, release. It is. Mm-hmm. Stray Kids, when they first came out, I, I think they were definitely like the, the, the first group, or maybe the only group where I watched their debut and I was like, wow, I definitely aged out of this one. <laughs> like, I don't. Like I'm, I'm at that at that point when your mom or your grandma is like, I don't understand it. This is all noise. That's me. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get stray kids. And last year I saw them at KCON, and I was like, okay, I this I get. I get their music in like an arena and like with the dancing and everything. But like me with my headphones on, listening to side effects like that that's just not me um what i like personally but the m- music video is interesting i mean i've heard from people like because they're huge like everyone likes it like it's, i feel like it's just me who isn't like in the who d- doesn't under like i feel like i'm not in on the joke no. or something well, because you, i don't now that you mention it you know i mean looking back elevator and district nine i was not a fan i mean i I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, no, it took me a while. Also. And you say that they don't that like I'm a, like I'm an old lady. Like you say that they don't sound like the other releases to me it sounds so, the I same. So I mean, if you like like more of the same. Not like it oh my. Sounds sleek. Like it sounds more interestingly produced. And I've heard that people say that they have like a lot of like their songs and their music videos have a lot of like social commentary going on. So I definitely think that it's interesting. And, you know, Gen Z, do your Mm -hmm. thing. (laughs) It's just I don't have to be part of it. I think I'm kind of with you, but also not with you. Mostly I'm going to blame a friend who is a huge Stray Kids fan. And so when we when we went to Korea together, it was like, oh, here you're going to end up liking them too because 
we like she's a a big fan and we like saw their first one at m countdown that it was very cute and touching and uh but before that like their i think some of their i think their i am series that their album series i am like not i am who uh, i think there was a third one i am you maybe and i still don't really necessarily enjoy listening to every single song on their albums but i think that there's like glimmers of uh, some sort of conceptual path and I don't think it's going to be the first album I go to but there are times when I'm like texting her like what song is it that has this in it and it's like running through my head I want to go listen to it and so it is like hitting some chord but I still think like they are really young like I think like it says a lot that the thing I find most charming about them is kind of like how cute they are it's kind of like I look at them like how I look at like my nieces and nephew like I am. I think it's like adorable. Like there is a really cute video of him getting like announcing that he got his braces removed. Like he's literally like just like look at my teeth. I got my braces off, and I think it's like the most precious thing in the world. But it's just like oh my god, he's growing up. Like it's so adorable. But it's not like oh he's growing up. He's becoming a man. So sexy kind of way. It's like oh these kids are like teeny tiny babies and they're growing up. So it's kind of like this is like more of their development. Like I watch them on their interviews and stuff and like they're like they seem like really talented and they're all really cute and funny and stuff and it's like I want I want to like your music but I just don't connect to it you know like I'm not like I'm not gonna say that it's bad or anything like that because it's not and like they're creating it and like that shows that they're super talented it's just me being an old bat and I can't connect with the music I just I, I tried well, this is the first one that's connected for me. I think, really, I think th- I think this is a special song. This is I, I really love this song. There's just one detail that I wanted to point out. Probably, this is no interest to anyone, but I, I just love these kind of little details in songs when I when you, I notice them or somebody else points them out to me. The intro to the song, you know, it, it's not surprisingly, it's a song that has kind of a fake out. It's this slow mm. little piano melody that's playing at the start before it breaks into the all the craziness you know these notes are held out there's these long sustains on the notes but if you listen it actually the song starts you hear the sustain of a note before the first note you know what i mean yeah i can i'm thinking So I thought that I thought that was an interesting, an interesting thing, and it's not it's not that they reversed them like we talked about that on an earlier episode with Scott on on Hyanna's Morning Glory, but but they it's a separate you know the the note sustains are not the same part you know not the same track I guess as the actual piano playing. I thought that was interesting. I thought you were gonna talk about like how it has like because you were talking about like a fake out. I thought you were gonna talk about like how it has a fake like beat drop where you think it's about to end and then yeah. it does not. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of things that are unexpected that happen throughout that song, for sure. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cult Scenes K-Pop Unmuted. I hope that you enjoyed and uh, add us about your comments and what your favorite songs of June were. You can like tweet at us at either Cult Scene or at K-Pop Unmuted or both. Just hit us buff both. Uh, As usual, we'd like to thank Scott Indorante for editing our podcast. He is amazing. We love him. Thanks, Scott. And um, Stephen, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am at Tennessee Appeal on Twitter. And Alexis? You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter as at H-O-E underscore D-O-Y-A-N. And if you find me on Facebook, please don't add me. (laughs) 
can find me at Tamar Writes on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope to, I don't know, we hope you hear us again on another episode of Film Scenes Cave Up on Music. Check, check out the other episodes. Check the out previous the previous episodes. episodes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>